0: I didn't know anything about fibroids. I didn't know anybody who had them because Black women, we don't talk. But because as soon as I started talking about it, I realized that this is something that Black women suffer from at a disproportional rate.
1: Beyond Ourselves is a podcast where I, Taylor Camille, share stories by those living a life fully and beyond any stigma or perceived limitations a health condition may have on their day-to-day lives. For season one of this series, we are highlighting women of color and more often Black women whose health needs are frequently looked over and stories seldom shared. Today we're speaking with Simone Shepard. Simone and I met probably back in 2018 when I was working on a show for Refinery29 about women and their homes. And Simone was one of the talent chosen to show people around how she lived. You might recognize her from the Vine days. She kind of came up in that crop of comedians and writers and creators that were providing funny commentary on the ways that we live our lives. But I instantly clicked with her. She reminded me of Brandy, which she says she gets a lot. But there was an instant connection. I felt like she was my big sister. I feel like there was some reason why our work connected us. But recently, I'd been on Instagram, and a video Simone posted came up. And she was talking about her fibroids. And I remember posts that she had made in the past talking about her scars, her surgeries, and being an open book for people to have these conversations. But it never really hit me as hard as when I saw her face to cam talking about her experience and what life's like on the other side. So menstrual cycles are already very tough for women, as many of us know. But fibroids is a whole other animal. The things Simone shares and what she experienced, I could not even wrap my head around, and I can't even wrap my head around the fact that so many women experience this and get misdiagnosed, don't know what it is, or are told that they have to go through with extreme treatments to get any kind of reprieve from it, which is not always the case. Black people in particular develop fibroids at earlier ages than white people and the tumors that form from fibroids are often larger and more intrusive, which leads to doctors saying, you need to get these surgically removed. I'm really proud of Simone for using her platform to be transparent with others and sharing her story so that other people who may find themselves in this position will have a little solace in knowing that they're not alone and that there are options for them.
0: My name is Simone Shepard. I am a writer and I start with writer because that's the thing that I'm most proud of personally. Um, I'm a writer. I am a social media entertainer, digital creator. I'm a director. I am just all around. I like to call myself a creator because just depending on what hat I'm wearing at the time depends on my job. I'm a producer. I'm all these things. But like I said, writing is really like what I'm passionate about, film and television and Just a bunch of different things. I do all those things, and I'm someone who, as a 38 year old African American woman, is just now starting to break barriers in my industry because it's hard for us, right? So I'm just now starting to like work, work, which is super exciting. But it also means that I delayed starting a family, which was very scary for me because I suffer from uterine fibroids.
2: Yeah. When you posted that video, I was like, I have to see if she'll want to talk with me because I just thought it was so raw and so compelling and I was like she'd be perfect to talk to you about fibroids
0: so girl you have inspired me since the day I met you you're young oh you no know, totally and I believe just as black women we have to stick together
2: exactly and yeah no as soon as I met you I was like okay Simone I need to keep just in and around me because the vibes were just too too good. <laughs> so how would you describe or define fibroids? Well,
0: most of them, a lot of the symptoms are the same, but they're tumors. So they're these tumors that form in different places. They can form in clusters. They can form individually. Some people have had Fibroids that are as big as watermelons, but I had one that was as big as a grapefruit. Like a lot of people have different sizes of tumors, and these tumors are non cancerous, but they are still living off of the blood of your uterus. Like they're living off of that. So estrogen makes them just increase. So anything that you're adding into your body that increases your estrogen levels is going to also increase the size of your fibroids when you do have them. And like I said, Fibroids are these non-cancerous tumors that form, but they cause a bunch of different issues like heavy periods. They cause crazy amounts of pain, blood clots that are ridiculous, long, long, long periods because you're constantly shedding your uterine lining. It also can prevent women from being pregnant or give them complications during their pregnancies. That's crazy
2: to think of something in your body, that is the size of a watermelon. That's not small.
0: That's not small at all. So a lot of women will have, like, they'll talk about how, you know, they'll they'll look like they're nine months pregnant, you know, mm-hmm. and they're carrying a tumor, this thing that is literally sucking the life out of them.
2: Yeah. So thinking back, I know it's been a journey, but at the beginning, what were your symptoms? And when did you realize, like, something is not right?
0: Well, I always really suffer with kind of, like, bad periods but as a black woman I didn't realize that they were bad periods I just thought that they were normal cuz that's what I was told I was wearing like a heavy tampon and a heavy pad I was having mm-hmm. like blood clots and and then it turned into the accidents where it was just like uncontrollable accidents where I would just have to change my pad or tampon and then I would just like within a few minutes, go through them. Like I was spending a ridiculous amount of money on feminine hygiene. Did you
2: ever think of doing like a diva cup or like
0: a menstrual cup at that time? Well, girl, when you were bleeding, like I was bleeding, ain't no diva cup in the world. Going Whoa. Like that, right. So that's one. Yeah, And then two, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. You are, you're bleeding all the time and you have blood clots and all these things, you, uh, you start to feel so heavy because you don't feel clean because you're always, Mm -hmm. so it's like, you want to throw it away. You want to wash every time that you possibly can. You want to do all that. So it's like a diva cups just seems like more of holding in what, what my body is like releasing. It just was a lot.
2: Yeah. You'd be might as well just stand over the
0: toilet. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. That's what it felt like. Oh God. I can't even imagine. When I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, they had programs coming around giving us tampons and pads, and they were the worst kind for you. And we were, you know, like free access to all the stuff. And so they're just pumping these carcinogens into our communities. And we just don't know the difference. So like, if you don't know better, then how do you know better? Like me, I grew up in an inner city. I grew up in a food desert. I ate yeah. one four, four chips all day. No one knew mm-hmm. the difference. Like, we didn't know any better. Right. You know? Yeah. So I was exacerbating the issue, right? I didn't know anything about fibroids. I didn't know anybody who had them because... Black women, we don't talk. But because as soon as I started talking about it, I realized that this is something that black women suffer from at a disproportional rate. It's just crazy. We get fibroids at larger and much younger than any other race. And because of that, it affects our fertility. So, you know, I had bad periods and I had gotten misdiagnosed a bunch of times. I said, you know what? I'm not going to see the doctors. You know, black people, we systemically have issues with trusting doctors anyway. Right. right. My, as soon as I said something to my grandmother, she was like, well, you know, you can't trust them. You know, um, mm-hmm. so I just kind of like forgot about it and not forgot about it because I was always I was still suffering from the symptoms, but I was suffering in silence. And then I got into a serious relationship I got with the person who I knew that I was going to be with. And I was bleeding 20 days a month. That's like the whole month. I know. Exactly. That's a week off. Hello. How did you, oh my, I'm
2: thinking like, how did you go on vacation? How did you, you like, how did you relax?
0: I didn't. And now you see why when I got into a serious relationship, it was like, okay, this period is also in a relationship with us.
2: (laughs) How was it dating before meeting him with fibroids? Or maybe you didn't even know what you had then, but how was it
0: dating before? Yeah. Okay. So. You know, dating before I got into relationship with Kiron was like, eh, whatever. I was bleeding, but who cared because y'all need to be all up in my mix anyway. So I was one of those people who who was like, Well, if, if I'm bleeding these many days, then that's how many days I'm gonna be bleeding. Because when you around me, you ain't getting none. I was so focused on my career and not focused on being in a relationship. I was worried about me and, and worried about, you know, I'm bleeding. So I'm going to just stay home tonight and I'm not, you know, whatever it is. So getting into a serious relationship, you start, you know, all of that fades to the background where you feel like, oh no, I want to be intimate and I want to be intimate on a regular. And I want to not feel like so heavy and be cramping all the time because I want to go to the movies and be out and enjoy life with this person, go on vacation with this person without this being in the middle, this being at the mm-hmm. center of our focus. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what the difference was. It was a matter of, of matter of quality of life. You know, like I, I started caring about all the other parts of life when I met him. And before that, it was still like, mm, just focus on me and my career, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. Wow.
0: And so this is something that I had to discuss with him and explain to him about, you know, what was going on in my life. And he's like, okay, well, you know, I'm right here with you. But, you know, I knew he was, he's six years younger than me. I knew that he wanted to have children and I wanted to have children. So I started doing more research, looking for new doctors. Yeah.
2: So how many doctors did it take you until finding the right one who diagnosed you?
0: I, on my fifth doctor. It was my oh fifth my doctor that I found. Yes, over some and years. And how many years? Yeah, how many years? It was over about six years. My mother was in town and I had like the, the flu or something and I went to the doctors and she was like, also say something about your your periods. And I was like, yeah, well, I've already told him because this is the same doctors that I've already mentioned it to before and who told me it was normal. But my mother was there, mm-hmm. and she was being my advocate. I was like, you know, I was in my 20s, but she was like, advocating for me like there and it made me realize how much we have to like I had been advocating for myself and I was tired right mm-hmm. I knew to have my mother there to who was going to fight for me more more than I would ever like she would fight for herself she gonna fight fight and I needed her right. there because that's what made them give me the referral to the doctor who actually gave me the diagnosis of fibroids that's when I was first told I needed a hysterectomy
2: oh my gosh yep. So then did you go and get like another opinion or what did you do once they told yeah, you? I,
0: so, so that started me going to find those other doctors because then I found another doctor who gave me a similar diagnosis and he was trying to get me to schedule the surgery for like the next day. He hadn't done a lot of them. And this is what I found out later is that a lot of surgeons are trying to get versed in, in these certain surgeries. So they're, they're trying to do them. That, you know, they will try to schedule it to do them. And with African-American women, we have them so much that it just, mm-hmm. you know, they can get practice. And I hate to say it like that because I have an amazing doctor right now, but that's the truth. That doctor did not care. And I was frightened and I'm not going to lie. I was super frightened. So, um, I just was like, nope, not going to do it again. Not even going to do it. And then like, I was researching and then I saw Dr. Tristan Bickman had written a book with Kelly Rowland. Not that I cared that she had written a book with Kelly Rowland. I think that she's great. But more importantly, Kelly Rowland, not just because she was a star, she was a black woman. So it made me like, oh, she cares about black women. So, And then I had a recommendation from another doctor who said, you know, you should go see Tristan Bickman. You might like her. So when I went to go see her, Mm -hmm. I was like... Oh wait, she really gets it and she she told me immediately you do not need a hysterectomy and you do not have to rush and have children. And yeah. that's the first time anyone has said that to me.
2: And that's wild. Yeah. Thank
0: God. She's dope. She's really really dope and and she's just she's been just so supportive through the whole thing. She actually didn't do my surgery, although she could. She does it a bunch of times. But the leading specialist in the world He's recently retired, but they were colleagues and good friends. And she was like, listen, I'm great at this, but he is the best that ever did it. And so he yeah. took on yeah, he took on my case because I had a submucosal um, um, fibroid, which meant that it was directly on my uterine lining, which was not inside or outside my uterus. This was, it's a very dangerous one. It's the one that, you know, if people ever need a hysterectomy, it's because of a rupture or some kind of incident occurring in one of these. I mean, it happens... Across the board, but specifically, this one will prevent you from having children because it releases um, a hormone that keeps everything from sticking to your walls because it doesn't want, it's trying to release the fibroid as well. So I had a very special mm-hmm. day. So she, like, that's how great she is. She's like, listen, I'm great at this, but I know somebody who. But I'll
2: step aside. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's so, amazing. That yeah. takes a lot. Yeah. she was That's really- like truly putting the patient first.
0: Exactly. Exactly, and I think that whenever you're going through an issue, because that is ongoing. Because see, the thing people don't understand initially with fibroids is, is that they can come back. So your your doctor and you are constantly monitoring your uterus. You're constantly mm-hmm. like almost waiting for them to come back because you know they come back. Right, so yeah. it's about having someone that you can that that every time you do a treatment, is like okay, ooh, we're good. Yep, celebrates with you the victory of knowing that you know what you've been through. So that's mm-hmm. why that's why you have to have such a great relationship when you're suffering with an ongoing issue of any sort. Right. I don't advocate um, for surgery, but sometimes you need surgery. And black women, I, I want them to make sure that they're going to get second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth opinions, get as many mm-hmm. as you need to make yourself feel comfortable before you make a decision like surgery. And in the meantime, uh, I say, cut the coffee, cut anything that is affecting your mood or hormones. Like I know it's hard for women's sugars, dairy products, the number one issue, dairy products, and I hate to say it, but me, like, you know, like, you know, to, to restore your body back to health, it's about restoring a balance in your body. And people don't realize that a lot of times. So that means, like, whether it's what you're consuming, the, the, the products you're using, the minimum health care products, whether it's your moisturizer or hair products or whatever it may be, that's all your body. That's all your body's absorbing, all of that.
2: So, I mean, were you finding any communities when you were first charting territory and trying to figure out, like, what does this all really
0: mean? Were you finding other people that were talking about it? You know, not really. Not really. Like, as I sort of slowly... Finding a few people, especially in the social media community, where like it would be like one or two people that I would see talking about it, but they're at the same pace that I am slowly getting traction for them mm-hmm. advocating for, you know, whatever issue, whether it's fibroids, whether it is endometriosis. And I see a few women who are starting to slowly really talk about these things. The nutritionist that I love and adore, her name is um, Raw Girl on social media. But she's really dope because she's helped cure a lot of women from fibroids and endometriosis. And she's done that through you know nutrition. So she's been doing a podcast that I think is really dope. But it's like people are just now really getting attention for for these very things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it, it was a matter of talking. I started creating a support system because I got online and, and was transparent. And then even now, I have so many women hit me with their stories. It's literally so overwhelming because... Like, it's going to take me years to respond to all the messages and all the stories because I care about them so much. They're so personal to me. You know, every, mm-hmm. every story is so, so personal. And and it made me kind of change my mission. You know, as funny as I enjoy being and, and as much as I enjoy writing and what I have going on right now, I really my passion my heart is wrapped in in black women's feminine health care like when i read these stories and i think about what i went through it it hits me in in a, a place in my heart i'm sorry to get emotional but if you hear these women who who if they could just if they had been able to afford to just see one more doctor may have not had a hysterectomy may have had a family so i don't just think about just one woman's loss i think about a legacy lost mm-hmm. like stolen because they didn't have the opportunity to seek proper health care. hmm You know?
2: Ba- basic need.
0: Yeah. A humanitarian right, right, at this point. And it's and it's yeah. mistakes. That's what we're trying to say, you know? So, yeah. I'm just being sincere with you. Not until I realized that I had an issue and had started talking about it. So like, I would talk about it to people around me, Mm, but some people had had, a lot of people had really heavy periods, but then I started talking to a lot more people around me, like more than just the two people closest to me, because, which was crazy is because both of them had them. One just didn't even realize until I had went through my process and found and educated myself. And she was like, hold up. So my heavy periods aren't normal. And, And that's the biggest thing. Like the reason why I'm advocating for black women's feminine health is because, you know, we're not. Told this
2: right, and then when you do bring something up, they're just discounting what you're saying, so it's just
0: yeah, they're quickly double edged sword. So, the reason why we have to speak up is because we'll trust each other, though. See, I'll listen to your experience, Taylor, and I'll say, Okay, that I can trust that experience because I know you, I feel like I know the soul of who you are. So, whatever your experience is, I'm like, Okay, that's not that's valid. And the more experiences that I hear, like yours, makes me feel like, Okay. Yeah, this is something and I'm not alone. I am not alone.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. What made you I mean I think you pinpointed it to like May 2018. What made you post then? Like what, why did you feel like that was the time to share about your scar and your surgery and your fibroids at that moment?
0: Well, you know, what it was about was, you know, Kieran and I had been living this like healthier lifestyle. Another thing that happened to me during surgery after my fibroid surgery, no pain medications, no opioids were working for me. I was just in mm. severe pain. So a friend of mine was like, girl, here's some weed. You need to start smoking some weed. And I was like, ooh, weed. And it worked. And I found that it didn't just work for um, the pain, but afterwards I kept smoking. It was like helping me with like stress. I, started, I was having panic attacks and they were you know, prescribing me all these medications. When I started smoking weed, I stopped taking the medications. I don't have panic attacks. It's been about four to five years since four years. So he created these t-shirts because they had become a lifestyle for us called alkaline and trees. Because, you know, when you become passionate about something new, you start getting into, you know, you want everybody. Mm -hmm. to So he created these t-shirts and he had picked up the lifestyle because he had changed because of me. So I was advertising the t-shirts, but in advertising the t-shirts, because I am a very transparent person, I'm honest, It just didn't feel right not telling people what the motivation was behind the shirts, the true motivation. Right. So when I, and in the picture, I had, you can see my scar. I started to edit out the scar and I thought, I'm not doing that no more. I'm not editing out any parts. I I just want to be honest. I just don't want to have to hide anything about Mm -hmm. the choices that I have made or the place that I am currently at. Right. where I was at with it.
2: Yeah. It takes a lot, honestly. It does. Because yeah, you know, people knew you from,
0: you know, funny videos and then you're just shifting years, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and you know, that's the that's the beauty of it. Like, you know, I, I recognized very early that I wasn't going to be as popular as I initially was when I made a shift to making my content specifically for people who look like me and I'm talking about black women. I was making content specific to them because that's how I felt. I had transitioned into a place in my life where I wanted to see this I wanted to make the stuff that I wanted to see. And in doing that and becoming transparent, I was like, "Well, I want to talk about what I'm into right now." And I'm, I'm into this mm-hmm. health like feminine healthcare. Like I'm into trying to figure this out not just for myself, but for for all of us as a community. And 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 that's just where I'm at you know, and that's where I wanted to be. So I was like, people are going to come with me or they're going to drop off. And, and I don't care. But women have been rotten and it seems like this is the thing that they want to hear about the most.
2: Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. So after you got surgery you had to make like a lot of lifestyle changes. Is that when you started looking into nutrition
0: and all those yeah. other types of things? Totally. So once I, well, it was prior to surgery. I started like doing a lot of research because they don't know the cause of fibroids, but so many women mm. have had them and, and there hasn't been a lot of like medical research, but then there has been a lot of like black women sitting around talking in forms, trying to help each other articles written. Medical journals published, people trying to in some ways address the disparity that black women have, you know when it comes to feminine healthcare issues period so as throughout doing my research, I found that. There's something that, there's certain things in common. Women who consume a lot of unhealthy foods are, are more likely to have them or suffer from them bigger. Women who choose vegan lifestyles or become vegan see a decrease in either the symptoms or the, the size, or like myself, after having surgery, you just, they never come back, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm
0: that's what made me make the decision to seek a healthier lifestyle. It wasn't easy. You know, I started out first with drinking alkaline water. Then I, you know, started cutting meat and I had cut fast food and all that a while ago, but I'm someone, again, who grew up in the inner city with a food that de- living in the food desert and all these things. So I ate fast food all the time. I ate French fries and all these things. Yeah. And I got older and had a lot of aversions to food or allergies where I couldn't eat like white potatoes, so that I cut French fries out of my life, which really helped me. Because all of these things, again, make inflammation Anytime you have this inflammation in your body, your body is fighting it like it's a sickness. So it can't fight right. the real sicknesses.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. I remember that alkaline system you had in your house. It was like very intense. <laughs> you can't know Amazon. It. it
0: ain't even that serious, girl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like, I can make it right here. Yeah. When you, when you put your, cause I'm someone, you know, like thank God life is shifting and priorities are shifting, but I own a few designer bags, which I will never buy again. So I'm aware to whatever, because I, health is more important. Like, like instead of saving up for some cute shoes, girl, go get you an alkaline water machine so you can l- live longer and 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 help fight and stop any kind of sicknesses in your body. That's what I tell my friends now. That's where I'm at with it now. Yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, and the cost of these treatments aren't cheap either. That's what I'm looking at in research. It's like the cost of seeing multiple doctors. The cost of you know. Surgery does not product,
0: Yeah, listen, the products you buy consistently, you know, because think about it. I'm at a different stage in my life. So seeing these doctors are very, very, very expensive and all that. But there was a time where I was on Medi-Cal trying to see doctors and trying to get referrals and trying to do that. That was a struggle buying pads all the time, all the time, like those are not cheap. When you're suffering, like I was suffering being on your period 22 days a month and that's all, you just literally going through stuff all the time. It's so stressful and so expensive.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Has your family been hard on you with trying to, you know, where are the grandbabies coming or anything like that? Or have they given you some grace in that area?
0: You know, I have a really dope family. I feel really, really blessed because I didn't even realize how dope they were until like you get, you know, I have, I'm in a relationship. I have in-laws now. And then you realize how different people's upbringings are, right? So mm-hmm. I'm saying that today is my family has always been so supportive of Anything I'm doing in any place that I'm at in my life, they just don't even question it. Now, does my mother want grandchildren? Absolutely, absolutely. But at the <laughs> I'm at right now, I'm you know I want children too. and When it happens, it'll happen. But I'm a wonderful stepmother, and I love my stepdaughter and my mother and my family embrace her like she's theirs too. So that's where I'm, I'm at right now. So that's where they're at right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: How do you feel? now on the other side like you know there's a chance yeah it could come back but how does it feel with the knowledge you have now like just i don't know experiencing life with
0: fibroids a fresh new start it feels like a fresh mm. new start listen i've been fibroid free for some years now my doctor tells me when she looks at my uterus she's like listen your uterus looks like you are 17 girl go ahead because i have <laughs> i didn't even realize How important it is to take care of your uterus, your core. It's all these things. So I'm talking about getting into meditation and the things that I eat and and like I said, the products that I use because now I know I have a uterus and I'm taking care of it. Like like I want to take you know I'm taking care of my hair and taking care of my skin. I'm also taking care of my uterus.
2: Like
0: that important.
2: Yeah, I think it's hard to remember too. It's like a hidden thing. (laughs) to no, take care of every everything else and everybody else. Yeah.
0: So that's why I'm saying that I I made it a priority. Where before, like you said, I didn't even acknowledge it. But it's the core of who we are as women. It is literally yeah. our center. It's how we make a child. Is how we. It's where we carry our 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 pain, our trauma, especially Black women. We hold so much in our in yeah. our guts in our guts period. So we got to take care of ourselves. Right.
2: So, are you? This is an intimate question, but just out of personal curiosity, are you having healthier, less heavy periods now?
0: Oh, my goodness. My periods are four days, maybe five, but like really just four. And they are so normal. I don't even use super anything.
2: Wow. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. What advice would you tell either. Simone, back in the day, or a woman who is just getting diagnosed with fibroids, what advice would you give them?
0: So, I'm not going to give Simone any advice because she's living her truth in that moment. <laughs> but what <laughs> I will say to women who are either uh-uh. in the situation or think that they might be in the situation do your research, get as much information <laughs> as you possibly can. Just be knowledgeable, be knowledgeable. I cannot stress that enough because you cannot take the first person's opinion and you cannot just go off of one article and off of one friendly conversation. You have to have as much knowledge as you possibly can. But I think that you just have to realize feminine health is health, it's your health. So whether you're taking vitamins, probiotics, seeing a nutritionist, take your feminine health very seriously.
2: Yeah, it's not something we can ignore. Exactly. Okay, so I asked this at the end of every show, yeah. but what brings you peace?
0: So what brings me peace is my faith. I am someone who is a strong believer that all things happen in God's time. And I've always known this, but the older I get, I step more into wisdom and I get such a peace in knowing that everything, good, bad, and in between, is all working together for my good. And I'm good with that. And that just gives me so much joy. It allows me to be honest. It allows me to be myself in every moment. That's why I said I'm not going to disturb Simone in that place and in her truth, because that's where God had her. And, and, And so, yeah, just really my faith.
1: Beyond Ourselves is an original series produced and hosted by me. Taylor Camille. A variety of the series artwork shared here and on our Instagram at Beyond Ourselves are created by Carmen Johns and Sierra Hood. My hope is that these listenings have left you with a warm heart and an even cooler mind. I hope you are left feeling able to seek peace in the spaces and places you may find yourself in. If you're interested in being on the pod or have any compelling leads, please shoot us an email at info at beyondourselves.com and subscribe and share if you haven't already.